got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week living, we've got to multiply our prayer lives, we've got to multiply our efforts, and we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Thank you again for joining us on this occasion. And in this text, the scripture says that Jesus entered into Capernaum. And when he got there, of course, it was noise. People began to talk about him being there. And uh, many people gathered together in so much that there was not even room for them to fit any more people into the house. And uh, they were packed out all the way to the door. And uh, here in the house, Jesus was preaching. I want you to imagine what that would be like in your home if Jesus was in your house. And uh, your house is packed. It's packed full. You done broke all the... Uh, maximum 10-person rule because your house is packed full of people. Uh, it may, it kind of thinking about this kind of reminded me of some of our uh, prayer meetings that we had in January and February a few years back before we had to just by necessity bring our prayer meetings to the church. We started with house-to-house prayer and they kept growing larger and larger until we were having 50 and 60 and 80 uh, people And I think the night that we had about 80 or 90 people show up at my house, uh, it was one of those settings where people were packed in and uh, there was no room for anybody else. And my neighbors was wondering what's going on. So this is the setting, of course, in which Jesus is ministering in Capernaum. And he, the scripture said he preached the word to them. So his purpose for gathering was so that he could preach the word to them. And uh, in the middle of this uh, house preaching, this house visit, house preaching, when people just started showing up to the home where Jesus was, they just came from uh, everywhere, began to show up where Jesus was. They, they came bringing one that was sick of the palsy, and uh, he that was born of four, and so uh, obviously he was a, one of uh, a quadruplets, and uh, he's sick of the palsy, and they bring him there. Uh, people must have knew, known who he was because quadruplets is not uh, not something that was common. And uh, so the scripture references the fact of this certain individual that people perhaps would have known who he was. And when they got there, the scripture said they couldn't even get near the door. They, they couldn't come nigh unto the door uh, because there were so many people there. And when they saw that they couldn't get near to the door, they came up with a plan. And the plan, of course, was to get up on the roof and to open the roof and to let Jesus let let the man down into the house where Jesus was through the roof. And uh, so they get on the roof and they break up the roof and they let the man 
with the palsy, these four men on the roof, lets this man down into the house to where Jesus was. And the scripture said that Jesus saw their faith. Now they were desperate. Jesus is in the house. They're desperate to get a man in. And Jesus saw their faith. He recognized their actions at that moment. And when he saw their faith, there immediately he spoke a word of faith to them and there broke out an argument because there were religious people that were there uh, and those religious people were not all of the same faith that Jesus was because they began to argue with Jesus and say, how could he say to them, thy sins be forgiven thee? And of course, Jesus argues with them and says, what is it easier to say thy sins be forgiven or take up thy bed and walk? And of course, he says to the man, take up thy I say unto thee, take up thy bed and walk and go to your own house, he tells them. And immediately, uh, the man rises up and takes his bed and went, went before them all. And everybody was amazed and they glorified God. And they had a worship service without a doubt in the house. And they said, we've never saw anything like this before. It was, it was, they were in awe of what Jesus did. And of course, the news of this continues to spread in the neighborhoods and in the communities and all around Capernaum. And they, uh, of course, Jesus had to leave because there were so many people they would have come and his time was not yet come for them to take him. And it was creating an, an uprise in the community. And uh, so Jesus went forth by the sea and uh, the multitude follows him there and he gets there and he teaches them there. Now, I gave you a summary of the text in order to get to some points that I want to bring you tonight. And we find by reading the conclusion of the preceding chapter uh, that the teachings and the miracles that Jesus had done and was doing in their midst had raised Jesus to a level of great popularity. And he couldn't openly enter a city. He had to come in under the cover of night or he had to come in perhaps incognito where they wouldn't recognize him. And through correlation of scripture, we, we see that at that time, Jesus was spending most of his time in a desert place. He would, he would go to a place where people didn't know where he was because it was drawing such a crowd. And he was ministering. And, of course, ministry can draw virtue or strength out of uh, anyone. And it did Jesus because he was a, light, a man of like passion as we are. And uh, when... He came to Capernaum, news spread so quickly, and the town, of course, all began to show up at that particular house where it was noise that Jesus was showing up at. This brings me to the point that I want to, to speak to, uh, to you about tonight. Uh, I, I want to have that kind of house to where Jesus is showing up in my home. I know we, we all, I talked to some today, and they were talking about how, oh, I can't wait till we get back together at church, and, and, and me too. I, I want to be together. I can't wait until we're worshiping together. 
Uh, no telling what that first few services is going to be like. Uh, we're, we're, we're hungry and desiring the coming together. And I don't want to minimize the coming together because that's very, very important. But we have perhaps another uh, four weeks or so before we're going to be able to come together. What they're telling us this entire month of April, uh, we're not going to be able to assemble together. But that doesn't mean that we can't have Jesus in our house. And this is what we've got to focus on. And if I'm to say anything to this church, this is the hour and this is the day more than any other time in history that we need Jesus in our house, in our home. We need to bring him in our homes. This is the kind of house that I want to live in. This is the kind of home that I want to have where Jesus is in my house. I don't have to come to church to find him. It's good. I don't want to minimize that. I can't wait. And I'm not telling you we're never we're not going to need the assembling of ourselves together. But I want the kind of home to where Jesus is in my house and my neighbors begin to hear about it. In our text, the scripture points out they came to him from every quadrant of the city, from every uh, quarter of society, if you please, the rich and the poor, the beggar and the businessman, the lawgivers and the lawbreakers, the sick and the whole, they all came together to where Jesus was in the house. This is the kind of homes that we need. CLC, if we're going to see the 300 soul revival that we have been praying for and believing God for, it may not happen. All of them may not happen at the altars, and we don't have to wait another month for this to happen. This can start happening in our homes. When, when we start having prayer meetings in our homes that, that begin to move our entire neighborhood, that our families begin to see and hear and give reports of a miracle happening in this home and that home, and, and, and one of our family members praying through and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost in our home, this is the kind of revival that I believe that God is wanting in these days and in these last hours in which we live. So they all came, they assembled into the house. Some came to hear his words. Some came to learn, and, and, and maybe were even skeptical of him, but they came to, to learn of him. There were religious people there that, that even tried to trap him in his own words. So not everybody that assembled were 100% in agreement. Some came, it doesn't matter, come one, come all. But we need to have a move of the Holy Ghost that draws people to where we are. And in this hour, in this day, in this season that we're in, if we're going to have revival, it's going to have to happen in our homes. And that means a personal responsibility for each one of us. It's going to have, have to be in our own families. Many came. They came, came to receive from him. They wanted to see miracles. They wanted to see, uh, perhaps some came. In one, in one of the, the, the stories that we have in Scripture, they came and, and they were hungry and he fed them. Maybe some just came for the fishes and loaves. Maybe some just came for the miracles. Maybe some just came to see what it was all about. But in the end, there were some who heard the message of salvation. And that's what Jesus showing up in our home really is about. It's for our children to hear a message of salvation. It's for our family to hear a message of salvation. They came to him for miracles, the healings, the signs, and the wonders. But the Bible said that when they began to publish the news of his miracles, so many came that he was forced to leave town. And when they gathered, he used that opportunity 
to teach him. I believe that's why Jesus does miracles. I believe that's why we often see miracles in our church services, reports of healings, testimonies of some of the incredible things that God has done. This is so that people who don't believe will, will start believing, and, and that's what happens in the presence of the, of the supernatural. It draws people, and that's where we are given opportunity to preach to them and teach them the message of salvation. Church, don't allow your testimony to wane in these years. We need to, to we, we still need to give our testimonies. We still need to give a report of what God is doing. This is why it's so very important. I would love to hear reports. As a matter of fact, I want to challenge some of you. Uh, in the next few days, I want you to take a video, have somebody in your family, have, have prayer meeting in your home. I, I would love to hear reports of prayer meetings breaking out in your homes, miracles happening in your homes, somebody receiving a healing in your homes. These kind of reports, get out your video camera, video somebody praying in your home. Let's compile some of these things. Let's create the report so that our city and our community knows that that God is not dead during the time of crisis, but that he still is meeting with us in our homes. I, I'm not minimizing. Please don't anybody take what I'm saying to you tonight out of context. I'm not minimizing the assembling together. There is no way that the church would ever be as powerful as, as it is if the only kind of church we had was home church and we were gathered in our own personal homes. But I, I, there is power in the assembling together. And the Bible teaches us for us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, even so much the more as we see the day approaching and we see the day approaching. It's very important for us to assemble. And we understand the why. And we understand that this is just a short season and we are going to be back together. And I believe we're going to see the greatest revival we have ever seen. I'm praying for that. I'm believing God for that. We're going to see it come to pass. But we can't wait until we assemble to start having prayer meetings. It needs to start in our home. And it needs to come from our home. We need Jesus in our home. People can receive the Holy Ghost in your house. Your children can pray through and receive the Holy Ghost in your house. Your lost loved ones can pray through and receive the Holy Ghost in your house. Your neighbor can receive the Holy Ghost in your house. I want to remind you that the Azusa Street Revival actually didn't start on, on in Azusa Street in that, in that mission, but it started at a prayer meeting in a house. These kinds of things ha can happen in your house. When Jesus is in your house and when it is noised abroad that Jesus is in your house, we can see a revival like we have never witnessed before. Jesus performed miracles and when the crowds gathered, he then would teach them the way of salvation. People have been asking me, what is so different about your church? And I often say to them, Come and visit. Come and see what CLC is about. I, I can't even explain it to you, but I'm going to tell you that these are opportunities for us to tell them about the way and the plan of salvation. When the church has special services, revivals, dramas, concerts, whatever, fellowships, anything that we do, it's not about the event in of itself. It's about people coming together so that we can tell them about this wonderful message of truth. They may come to see the miracles, 
but then we will share with them the words of eternal life. In Mark, the second chapter, I preferenced a few moments ago when Jesus entered into Capernaum after some time. They gathered, the crowd pressed about, and these four men uh, came and brought one and broke up the roof and let him down. There's some things I want to point out before I, I wrap this up tonight. One is we don't know who those four men are. We don't know their names. Yet they came and they brought a man that was sick and they broke up the roof. Uh, they obviously were spiritual people. They obviously had a, a history with Jesus. They obviously knew his miracle working power. They had some idea of what was going to happen when they brought the man and when they let the man down. So they were spiritual people. These, these are those in the church today that are constantly uh, reaching the lost. These are, the, are they that are, are always trying to find somebody at work in their neighborhood that they can, that they can tell ab about the Lord. These are those that teach Bible studies on a regular basis. It's, it's these four men. They, 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 they're still in the church today. People just like them are still in the church today. CLC's made up of some great people, and I'm going to point some of these natures out that you can see, some of these characteristics that you'll see in our church. These are those that busy themselves with the work of reaching the lost, with the work of bringing people that have needs so that they can be healed. These are they that pray for people and pray with people that are in need and those that have needs, those that work in the altars, those that are teaching Bible studies, those that are reaching the lost. There's something I want to point out about those men. They were committed to the cause. They were committed to the cause of the man that was sick. They were committed to the cause that, that uh, they, they gave up everything else that they had that day to bring a man that was sick to Jesus. They stopped. Everything stopped for some of us. Life has really slowed down. Some have lost jobs or their job is put on hold. Some are, what, what, are we, what are we doing with our time? Well, you know, I've got personal chores. That's good. Let's get them done. But in the middle of all of it, let's not forget the real cause. What are we doing for the kingdom of God? Well, pastor, I can't come to church, but you can find something to do. You can find that man that needs to be let down into the place where Jesus is. You can find somebody you can call on the phone. You can do a video chat with. You can pray for your neighbor via video chat. You may not be able to go into their home or have them into your home, but you can set up a video chat and pray with them. I heard a report just this week where someone had made a video chat with, some, with someone else, prayed with them on the phone, and saw that, that backslider pray back through via video chat. This is the kind of revival that I believe God is wanting to send the church in these last days. It's going to happen. I'm believing God for it. Their names are never mentioned. Nobody knows their names. Their names is never mentioned. They didn't say they were a certain man. It didn't say anything about them. It just said four men. Four men came they were committed to a cause. They, they didn't care if their name wasn't mentioned. They just did the work. The third thing is they were obviously faithful servants of the Lord, and they worked. These are, are the kind of people that are going to be responsible for the great revival that God is wanting to bring the church. Then, then there were another group of people. There was another group of people in this text that their story is never told in the text yet. We can see clearly 
It's the, it's the one that their story never gets told, but they played such an important role. These are those that came back, and they patched the roof after that the one had been let down. Who, who came back? The Bible doesn't even talk about that. It doesn't talk about the one that closed the roof back up. It doesn't talk about the one that cleaned up the house. It doesn't talk about the one that, that took care of the needs of the home after an overcrowded home had multiple people in it that, that cleaned up the spills and, and touched up the walls and, 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 and readjusted the doors and, and, and patched the roof back. What about all of those people? that the, Their story is never told, but yet, without a doubt, that was a ministry that was being fulfilled. It was people that were keenly aware of the need of, of taking care of the house. They, they were committed to the cause just as much as the one that was breaking up the roof, just as much as that one. There was somebody behind the scenes, their name not mentioned, their story not told. They were committed to the cause. Their names are not mentioned, but they remain faithful to the work of the Lord. Those are the people. That's the kind of people that show up and mow the grass. That's the kind of people that come and clean the church. That's the kind of people that volunteer on work day. And those are the kind of people that just come and get a trash bag and walk along the fence of a church and pick up the trash and sweep the floor and just whatever it is that they can find to do. They, they maintain the church property. They, they care about the maintenance of the church van and wash the church van and detail it and clean it up. So nobody asks who, who cleans the church, uh, who, who cleans the church van, who, who takes care of the church property. These are the kind of people that just come faithful. CLC has some faithful, faithful people that come and work. They paint classrooms. And even tonight, since I'm meeting with you here, because we have a group that's volunteering and there there's some painters and they're practicing social distancing, but they're nevertheless, they're, they're here and they're painting walls and, and we've got food pantry workers and some of our great church members have come this week and they've been bringing items to, to help those that are in need and, and been stocking a food pantry. Their, their names aren't mentioned. They didn't write their names on cans and boxes, and, and they, but they came and they donated and they gave. This is the kind of church that I'm so proud to be called a pastor of people whose names aren't mentioned, but they're painting walls and they're, they're, they're delivering items to a food pantry and they're working in the food pantry stocking when nobody knows tonight, even tonight while we're home and this week, those that are working in student ministry, working in our children's ministry, they're preparing Zoom lessons and, and they're getting their, their items together while everybody else is sitting watching their favorite show on TV. There's a group of faithful people that are working and they're laboring and they're preparing to continue ministering to our children, ministering to our students. These are those that that the, this text is talking about that just see that the work of ministry, nobody's mentioning their name. They're not in front of the camera tonight. I'm, I'm honored to be able to stand here and represent a wonderful group of people that are saying the church, the mission of the church has got to go on. It's a tech team that came and spent all day today. Thank you, Brother Evan and Sister Mikkel and Sister Cheryl for coming and working today so that this, this can come forward and be brought to you volunteering without their faces being seen, without names being mentioned in the credits, but still coming. This is what makes a strong church. They serve others without their name 
even being mentioned. During these times of difficulty and social distancing, the church still must be the church. We must remain faithful to the call of God and to the cause of, of the church. We need to bring Jesus into our homes. We're keeping the church moving forward in our homes. While we're not assembling in this building, we must keep Jesus alive and at work in our homes and in our personal lives. I want to challenge you tonight, every church member, I want to challenge you to schedule a prayer meeting with your home and family in the next few days. I'm challenging you. Take now. Take note now. Get out your calendar. Choose an evening that'll work. Pull your family together. Turn off all distractions. Close the door. Shut the phones off. Don't answer the phone and say, hey, we're going to take a few minutes together and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for other church members. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to pray for our leadership. We're going to pray for our government. We're going to pray for our health care workers. We have so much to pray for in these hours. I want to challenge you. CLC, I want to challenge you. Choose a time. Bring Jesus into your home through a prayer meeting. Some of you have pianos and you're musically gifted. Maybe play a guitar. Get it out. Sing a song with your family. It may not be stage worthy. It may not be beautiful. It may not, but I believe it'll be beautiful to heaven. Bring a little worship into your home. I want to challenge every head of household to schedule a devotion every week with your family. Don't just rely on what we're doing here, bringing you a word on Wednesday and on Sunday, but find a time for you to come together and live in your home. Read a scripture. Ask one another what it means to them. Talk about it. Let the word of God be brought. Keep Jesus alive in your home. This is not a time for us to quit. This is not a time for us to take a rest or take a break. The vision of the church remains it's got to move forward, and we must keep this vision moving forward. God is going to be with us. God is with us. He's going to bless us. I, I, I'm going to close tonight, but in closing, I just want to pray with you, and I want to pray over every member of our church and over our community, and I'm just going to ask you, if you're gathered there with your family, pull them in close. Let's pray together. I, I just want, I want us to, to unify in prayer. We're, we're apart but we're together, unified together as a church. God, I come to you right now. I seek your will and seek, Lord, your purpose over this church to be fulfilled. God, we come against every force of hell that would like to stop the work of the church. God, we come to serve the enemy. Notice tonight that you're alive and well in our homes, in our family, and in the church. For we are the church. And we're going to keep the church moving forward and the mission of the church moving forward by praying together, by studying your word together, by worshiping together in every way that we can. God, I pray blessings and strength over every family, over every home, over every student, over all of our elders, over those that are still laboring and working in the workforce, over those that are on the front lines. God, I pray a hand of protection over them. Keep us, keep your church, keep your people together. We thank you and know that you will. In Jesus' name, we thank you in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you so much for watching tonight. Thank you for joining in together. We look forward to, to being in service together with you on Sunday. 
be sure to make a plan for it. It's a, it's a decision that you're going to have to make to not say, well, I'll catch it at another time. Let's assemble together. Let's keep the practice of assembling together an important part of our life. God bless you. Thank you. I love you. If we can be of any service to you, to anyone in our community, call, make a comment, whatever you need to do, let us know. We're here for you. We want, we want to pray with you. We're holding you up. We have many needs in our church. We're praying over those needs, and we will continue to pray over those needs. If we can help you in any way, you let us know. God bless you. Stay safe. Keep in touch with one another. God bless you. In